0: Get it. The birthplace of talk radio. I see all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. world. I apologize for that. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty.
1: Armstrong and Getty were on vacation, but
0: we needed somebody to let you know what's going on in this crazy world. We've chosen the fabulous John Phillips. We'll be back on Monday, but John, take it away. And Armstrong and Getty speak the truth. It is I, John Phillips, in for the dynamic duo. They're on vacation this week. I'm on loan from Talk Radio 790 KABC in Los Angeles where you can hear me each weekday from noon to 3 on AM 790 KABC or worldwide at kabc.com. I'm also a columnist for the Southern California News Group, so that means you can read my column in the LA Daily News, the OC Register, the Riverside Press Enterprise, and most importantly, the Redlands Daily Facts. Now, I don't know where Armstrong and Getty are vacationing right now, but I can tell you where they aren't. They aren't on a cruise ship because the cruise ships are dry docked. They're not allowed to operate. Speaking of which, by the way, we're going to check in with Doug Parker from cruiseradio.net later on this hour to find out just exactly what you can do on vacation in this wild COVID world. They're not in Hawaii because the Hawaiian islands are shut down for tourism. Not really showing us the aloha right now. Can't go to the United Kingdom. United Kingdom said they don't want any tourists from the United States, so no crossing the pond there. The European Union also has said that they don't want American tourists this summer, so you can't go to Sweden, can't go to Germany, can't get your potato pancakes, can't get your apple strudel. A friend of mine has a problem when anyone says, it's American as apple pie. Apple pie is not American, it's German. The only foods that are indigenous to the United States are the Thanksgiving turkey and chicken chow mein. But you can't go there. The State Department says they don't want us traveling international at all. So that means even if you want to go down to Rosarita Beach or get on an Alaska Airlines plane and go to Puerto Vallarta, you're not supposed to do that. We have certain states that are shut down. So, if you go there, there's not really a whole lot you can do. That includes the Florida Keys. Can't go to Cape Cod in Massachusetts. You certainly don't want any part of New York City right now. So, we're very limited in terms of where we can go on vacation this year. A lot of people I talk to, they're doing staycations. And I can't do that. I'm sorry. There's just no way that's going to happen. I've been stuck inside my house for months now, sitting here on my couch watching reruns of Judge Judy. I've seen everything Netflix has to offer. Got so bored on Hulu, I ended up watching that Hillary documentary. That's how you know how extreme the boredom was for me. I got to get out of the house. So even if I stick around, I got to go out, I got to do something. And here in California... Warden Newsom hasn't given us many options in terms of what we can do. Pro Sports is out. Can't go down to Angel Stadium and watch the Angels play. Excuse me, let me change that. There's one word in that sentence that needs to be changed. Can't go down to Angel Stadium and watch the Angels lose. That's not possible. For a long time, we couldn't go to the beach. The beaches were closed down, and yesterday we learned in Los Angeles County the beaches are going to be shut down for the entire 4th of July weekend. And typically what happens is when one county makes a move, all of the other counties fall in line because they fear if they don't, Warden Newsom is going to step up and forcibly shut them down with one of his edicts, that usually don't involve a lot of detail so they don't necessarily even know what they're supposed to do when Sacramento tells them to do something so they figure all right if it's gonna happen anyway we might as well do it so we could understand the ordinance or we can understand the the edict so counties then fall in line and try to read Warden Newsom's mind a couple of days ago over the weekend we learned that bars in many counties in california are shutting down so if you suddenly decided all right i've been stuck inside my house i'm going out and i'm enjoying a cold one at my local tavern well i hope you enjoyed the beer while it lasted because in many counties in california the bars are shut down he came out with a list of counties that had to be mandated to be shut down, including the most populated county in the entire state of California, Los Angeles. But it wasn't just L.A., it was Kern County, Tulare County, Kings County, Imperial County. Close, 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 close. And then they recommended that any number of other counties, including Sacramento, Riverside, San Bernardino, that they close down their bars, too. And it was recently announced that the county that I'm in right now, Riverside County, will be closing down their bars. So Warden Newsom is not only our warden, he's apparently also our sponsor. Had I known I would spend this much time outside of the bar scene, I would assume I'd also be going to meetings. But no, no meetings, just a governor that's telling us what to do. And I'll tell you when he got the green light to do all of this. He got the green light when the governors of Florida and Texas decided to cave on their bars. Those governors were at the forefront of the open up your state movement. Texas, while they closed down initially, was open for business long before many of the big blue states. Same thing with Florida. And boy, did those governors take slings and arrows. They got beat up all over the papers. You watch CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC, PBS, and you'd think that these guys had killed more people than the Golden State Killer. Like they couldn't wait to just kill off their populations. They were saying horrible things about them. And they just dug in their heels and said, we are not destroying our economy to make Dr. Fauci happy. We are not destroying our economy so we get better press. We are not gonna do that. Because if you really wanted the press to love you, it doesn't matter how many people actually die, it matters whether or not you're doing what the talking heads want you to do. Think about this. No state in the union has experienced more COVID-19-related death than New York. And who is the governor that gets the most praise from the national press as to how they handled the COVID-19 crisis? Governor Andrew Cuomo. And he sent infected people to nursing homes who then infected other people in those nursing homes, which caused a lot of people to get infected and many to die. And the news media doesn't care. To him, or to them, he's the guy, the kid that fell in the well. And he deserves nothing but praise, and any criticism of him is out of bounds. Warden Newsom is another one who's been praised ad nauseum, along with the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, because they shut everything down very early on, and that's exactly what the press wants people to do. But these governors of Texas and Florida... They went in the opposite direction. They're Sabbath, they swim upstream. And after they did that, their press was uniformly negative. And I worried that at a certain point they would buckle and give the papers what they wanted. And I talked to people in those states. I said, What about this Abbott guy? What about this DeSantis guy? Do they have backbones of steel or jello? Sometimes these guys have backbones of linguine. They stand strong until they're in water, and then that's the end of it. They go limp. And as soon as they went on television and said that they made a mistake by opening up the bars too soon, and they would be closing down the bars in Florida and Texas, I knew it was over in California for the bars. I just did Because he gave every governor in the country the license, or those gentlemen gave everyone in the country the license to shut down their bars because they themselves acknowledged that they made a huge mistake. And they were expecting praise, I'm assuming, from the news media. And they got the opposite. It wasn't, oh, they saw the air in their way, so they decided to... Shut down the bars and do what they think they need to do to keep their population safe. No, that's not what they said. They said these reckless guys played politics with the shutdown, and as a result, people got infected and died in their state. Their clippings got worse, as they should have known by now. So now all of these blue state governors and blue state mayors, they now have the ability to shut anything down they want. Because, hey, if Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis did it, then you can't accuse me of being draconian. You can't accuse me of being authoritarian. I'm doing the same thing as the governor of Texas and the governor of Florida. So stuff your sorries in a sack. I don't have to apologize to anyone. And that's where we are. And I hope it's just going to be limited to the bars. And I hope it's just going to be for a short period of time. But who knows? It could be the gyms next. It could be the movie theaters. It could be the beaches statewide. It could be restaurants. We could go back to another shutdown in the state of California and other states throughout the Union. Our economy can't handle that. I was talking to a bar owner here in Palm Springs, California, where I'm sitting right now, who was forced by the state of California to shut down his business. And the state of California came to him when they decided that the bars were safe to reopen. And they said, you can reopen, but you have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a new air filtration system that'll kill bacteria, viruses. Whatever else is in the air. Perfume, if people come in with too much perfume on, it'll just suck that right up. And you have to pay for stickers to put all over the floor so everyone knows where to stand, like it's one great big game of Twister. And you have to put this plexiglass barrier all around the bar. So your bartenders look like they're in a cage. So you go to the bar and you feel like you're at the zoo and you're looking at the koala bears as they're slinging drinks. And you've got to pay for another person to come in and be the mask monitor to make sure that everyone's wearing their mask when they go to the bathroom. And while you're at it, make sure someone's there to make sure that everyone's social distancing six feet apart. And this poor business owner jumped through every single one of these P.T. Barnum hoops that Ward Newsom put out. And after he did that and reopened, his business was a shell of what it once was because people are scared to go out. And when people do go out... You have a lot of these Karens that exist that do nothing but complain on social media. I was at this bar and I saw this couple that were in between courses and they didn't put the mask back on. What are they trying to do? Give me the Rona? And it's just one after another attacking them on their Facebook page, attacking them on their Yelp page, attacking on that neighborhood website that's just absolutely toxic. And then, after enduring all of that, he gets a notice from the state of California that he has to shut down. How do we have any business left in this state? If you think all of these bars are going to reopen and everything's going to be fine, you're crazy. Some of these bars are not going to reopen. Perhaps many. But this is the world we live in. We open, we close. We open, we close. We open, we close. And if our policy is going to be we're going to get nervous and we're going to shut everything down the minute someone tests positive, we're going to be left with nothing. I'm a huge baseball fan. I share season seats to the Angels with friends. And people keep saying, ooh, there's going to be an abbreviated baseball season. Oh, yeah? What's going to happen the first time someone tests positive? First time someone tests positive, everyone's going to be quarantined, including the green monster. We can't let them play. They might infect the ivy at Wrigley Field. And the crazy part is, if you look at who's getting infected right now, it's people in their 20s and 30s. This virus is mostly deadly to people who have comorbidities who are also elderly. So right now, the people who are getting it are largely going to be asymptomatic and not require hospitalization. But we're acting like we're at the peak of the pandemic. I feel sorry for all the small business owners out there. It is a rough time to be in business. It's John Phillips in for Armstrong and Getty. We've got a whole lot more coming up. Don't. Armstrong.
1: The Armstrong
0: and Getty Show. It's John Phillips in for Armstrong and Getty. We're going to check in with Doug Parker from cruiseradio.net in just a couple of minutes to find out when the CDC is finally going to let cruise ships go back to operating. A lot of people who live in Los Angeles get on the cruise ships and they go down to the Mexican Riviera Maybe it's the three day booze cruise. Those bars are definitely always open when those cruise ships are operating. I believe some go out of San Francisco and San Diego as well. Very big presence on the Pacific coast. Have some sad news to report to you. TMZ is reporting that Carl Reiner, one of the most prolific entertainers in the history of show business, has died. According to the Entertainment News website, Reiner died last night at his home in beverly hills his family was with him when he passed away he of course is most famous for the dick van dyke show uh, where he appeared for many years i used to actually go to a restaurant in beverly hills every so often it was called orso and has since closed down and on fridays Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, and a bunch of these other old-time Hollywood guys would sit there and have lunch and hold court, and it was always a, a fun time to see Carl Reiner at Orso. So rest in peace, Carl Reiner. More coming up.
1: and Getty were on vacation, but we needed
0: somebody to let you know what's going on in this crazy world. We've chosen the fabulous John Phillips. We'll be back on Monday, but John, take it away. It's John Phillips in for a vacationing Armstrong and Getty. At this time of day, if you're on vacation, my guess is they're on Mimosa number two. Maybe with a Bloody Mary in their sights. You can typically catch me on Talk Radio 790 KABC in Los Angeles from noon to three weekdays. And if I'm not at work, you can usually catch me on a cruise ship because that's my favorite kind of vacation. Unfortunately, I've had three cruises cancel with more on the horizon because of a no sail order issued by the CDC. They don't want the cruise ships operating. If you go back to the beginning of this pandemic in the state of California where I live, the first real interaction that we had with it up close and personal was when a Princess cruise ship docked in Oakland with a bunch of passengers, who, by the way, were all about 952 years old, give or take a year, who came back testing positive for COVID-19. So for a lot of people... They associate the cruise ship industry with COVID 19. It's like peanut butter and jelly in a lot of minds. Now, I would argue that's an unfair association because people can get COVID 19 anywhere. You can get it at Walmart, you can get it at Costco, you can get it at the airport. You can even, contrary to what the public health experts tell you, get it at a protest, at a funeral or a parade the difference between the cruise ships and these other venues is if you got it at walmart you probably also went to the dry cleaner and the gas station and maybe you picked your kids up from daycare you went to 15 different places that day so you don't know where you got it if you get it on a cruise ship you know exactly where you got it so people are blaming cruise ships as if They are somehow very closely associated with this virus. Joining us to talk about this is the editor of cruiseradio.net, which is an excellent website and podcast, by the way, for all things cruise ship related. Mr. Doug Parker. Doug, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it.
0: Have the cruise ships gotten a fair shake from the CDC and the news media, or are they being unfairly blamed?
1: I feel like they're being unfairly blamed. It's an unfair battle, actually. Um, I can't tell if it's just them trying to teach the cruise lines a lesson for them not being um, American flagged or if it's something else that we just can't put our finger on. Maybe it's political. Who who really knows at this point? All we know is that the cruise lines have submitted their protocols and they're still waiting for approval. They haven't heard anything from the CDC yet.
0: And when they turned in their paperwork, the CDC said that it would take them between three and six months to look at the paperwork. And I said to myself, who's running the CDC, the DMV?
1: I know. That's the thing, right? And now it's looking like, for instance, last week, Carnival Corporation, they took out another $2 billion loan. So two weeks ago, when they had their earnings statement, they had enough liquidity to last them through the end of the year. Them taking out more funding... Um, Whether it be to pay off additional debt or debt they have come due, it kind of raises uh, raises an eyebrow of how long this is actually gonna, how long they want this to play out, the CDC that is, or how long we're gonna have to sit this out until we start sailing again.
0: How long can the cruise ship companies remain solvent before they have to start filing for bankruptcy? And I say that because there really is no end in sight. Nobody knows when the cruise ships are going to resume sailing. Uh, They say that theoretically they could do it starting on September the 16th, because that's when the the cruise ship uh, association uh, said that they would pause until. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually going to begin on September 16th. They could be out the rest of the year. They could be out through the first quarter of next year. They could be out through the second quarter of next year. No one knows.
1: Yeah, so like with Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings uh, during their earnings call, uh, Frank Del Rio said that they have enough um, funding now with their private equity investors and their bonds and everything to take them through about a year out. So like through the second quarter of 2021, if they had to, of course, we're hoping that doesn't happen. But then with Carnival taking that additional funding, it's looking like uh, it could be a little bit. I don't think personally we're going to see a September 16th or October 1st return to sale date could be sitting out a little bit longer in my opinion.
0: When you talk to people who are huge cruise ship aficionados and I know a bunch of them because uh, they are very popular ways to spend your vacation. What are you hearing? Are they afraid of getting back on the cruise ship or are they ready to go on vacation?
1: It is a mixed bag. I mean I think that the definitely the older demographic who you could find them on a ship. Sometimes they're retired and going once or twice a month. They're kind of waiting for the the vaccine or the miracle cure for this. And other ones, the younger demographic, um, probably 50 and under, um, 16 under maybe they're they're ready to, to get back on board tomorrow. In fact, they they would. But I think that maybe like there's this contradictory contradiction happening within the CDC, right? Like we're hearing new guidance every other day, it seems like. Do we wear a mask? Don't we wear a mask? Who knows? So it might be a good thing that um, we're waiting this out for a little bit.
0: I would imagine that the longer that this goes on, the more people who are cruise ship fans are gonna wanna sail. And I say that because not just do they miss being on the cruise ship and going to those tropical destinations, or in some cases, if they like going to Alaska, not so tropical destinations, but you look at what's going on on land. The restaurants had been closed down. Now the restaurants are opened at limited capacity. The casinos had been closed down. Now the casinos are open at limited capacity. The swimming pools were closed down. Now they're open up again. Uh, Various theme parks are hoping to open up uh, soon and resume their operations. You look at all of these aspects of what you see on a cruise ship and the versions of them on land are all open for business. And people say, wait a minute, if it's safe for me to go to a casino in Las Vegas or an Indian casino, why is it not safe for me to go to a casino on a cruise ship? If it's safe for me to go to a restaurant on land, why can't I go to the same steakhouse on the cruise ship? And once people say, wait a minute, every activity that I do on the cruise ship I can now do on land, I feel like it's safe for me to go sail again. Do you think that the public is gonna move in that direction as more things open up on land?
1: I think so. I mean I think it's just like the the lockdown thing, right? Like after a certain while people are gonna do it just because they said they should do it for fifteen, thirty, however many days. But then you're just gonna be like, you know what? You gotta you gotta live your life. I mean it's it's uh it's gonna happen eventually. I mean I guess with the theme park argument too, is that and a lot of cruisers are saying this that You could exit a theme park but you can't exit a cruise ship if something does happen where you know they can hold you offshore um, and have another debacle I guess so that's one argument that you know the die-hard cruisers are saying that are not sailing until we have a vaccine or something
0: one of the complications for cruise ships also is that they have to go somewhere and frequently they go to different countries I think they have to if they want to have a casino and they want to sell unlimited drink packages and Every different country has a different policy on what they're willing to accept and what they're not willing to accept. A lot of the cruise ships go to the various islands in the Caribbean. What are those governments saying? Do those governments want the cruise ships to come back and for tourists to start spending their dollars again? Or are they perfectly happy without them?
1: Oh, no, got the, these islands are struggling. I mean, you look at Nassau, Bahamas and their GDP. I mean, it's pretty much all tourism, and they've actually implemented some protocols um, where guests who are getting off the ship, they might have to do a cruise line-sanctioned excursion to get off, but it's a start, and they're working with the cruise lines, I mean, as well as like Cozumel, Mexico. Uh, Grand Cayman's kind of pushing back until the end of the year, but every other island seems to be you know, ready to welcome cruise tourists back once it's safe to do so
0: and a lot of these islands too got leveled by various hurricanes and so they had to spend a lot of whatever money that they had on rebuilding so they were counting on these tourist dollars coming back to rebuild their economies
1: yeah i mean i was i was down in saint martin and saint thomas within the past few months and they're still not completely rebuilt so this this probably will set them back a little bit further
0: when cruising resumes, what form of cruising do you think will come back first? Is it going to be the short hops in the Caribbean, or is it going to be something else?
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of cruise line private islands. Like we're going to see, at least here in Florida, Royal Caribbean going to Perfect Day, Norwegian going to Great Stirrup, Carnival going to you know Half Moon, um, maybe some shorter three or four night uh, Mexican Riviera cruises out of Southern California out there um they're going to be a slow phase up right like you're not going to see just 26 ships from carnival sailing at one time they're going to ramp it up slowly and we'll probably see those shorter three four and maybe five night cruises first kind of test the waters and then ramp up from there
0: who's digging in their heels who's going to be the last place that's going to allow cruise ships to uh to dock in is it going to be canada
1: I would say Canada is a tough one, and also Grand Cayman. I mean, Grand Cayman has a lot of funding with their financial system, They and a lot of them are very vocal about having cruise ships down there as well. Um, I mean, even with our flight restrictions over in Europe, I mean, uh, a Greek cruise line, Celestial Cruises, just this morning canceled all their sailings through 2021 because they're worried that North Americans can't get over there to fill their ships because of flight restrictions.
0: We're speaking with Doug Parker of cruiseradio.net. Doug, of all the destinations that you've been to on a cruise ship, what's your favorite?
1: Probably Alaska. You can't beat the beauty, man.
0: But you can't wear your shorts in a, in a Jimmy Buffett shirt.
1: Well, you know what? That's a misconception. You you can uh, if you go at the right
0: time. But at nighttime, you definitely want to pack a sweatshirt. <laughs> Doug Parker, cruiseradio.net. You can also listen to his podcast, Cruise Radio Podcast, which is available in all the usual places. Thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thanks, John. It's John Phillips in for Armstrong and Getty. Don't go anywhere. in while A and G, that's him, and me, are on vacation. it's John Phillips in for Armstrong and Getty. We're receiving word from the European Union that most travelers from the United States will be barred from entering the European Union after it reopens its borders tomorrow. Because the coronavirus is still far too prevalent in the United States. This according to European officials and being reported by NBC News. Now, I wonder if this is a one-way travel ban or this means that they can't come here too. Seems like it would only be fair. If we can't go to France and fill our American guts full of crepes then I don't want Prince Andrew vacationing at Jeffrey Epstein's island either. See, the sword cuts both ways. And I love the fact that the Europeans are getting on their high horse because so many Americans are testing positive for COVID-19. The number of people dying of COVID-19 has fallen off a cliff. The number of people on ventilators has fallen off a cliff. Why? Because people who are getting it are in their 20s and 30s. Oh, geez, John, what was going on with people in their 20s and 30s two weeks ago? Well, I remember my pharmacy on fire. I remember all of those businesses on Melrose that look like the 4th of July. How about Minneapolis? Target didn't fare too hot and New York City, and we got the Autonomous Zone in Seattle, because all the public health experts came out and said that was okay. See, if you go to a bar and you have a beer, you can get the Rona. But if you're burning down your local pharmacy after you take all the Oxy, that's fine. The Rona knows to avoid you. Well, as it turns out, things don't actually work that way. So now all these young people are testing positive for COVID-19. But the relevant fact is that they're not dying. They're not being put on ventilators. All of the really ugly things that we saw in New York City primarily and the tri-state area has gone down. That's a good thing. The media loves to talk about the number of people who test positive. That, my friends, is an irrelevant fact. It doesn't matter how many people test positive. The numbers I look at are the number of people dying and the number of people on ventilators. And if you want to compare the EU to the United States, more people have died in Europe. The last time I checked the numbers, they were like, 190,000 deaths somewhere in that neighborhood and we were at like 120, 130 somewhere in there so if you just want to talk deaths, they had a much tougher time with COVID-19 than the United States so who are they to wag their fingers at us and who knows what happened in Asia by the way I don't trust the communist Chinese government as far as I can throw them They kicked all the journalists out. They kicked out the journalists from the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. And then when the doctors would say, oh no, it's far worse than what the government's saying, they'd just disappear. And if you're in China and you know, if you say something the communist government doesn't like, they're going to teriyaki your tongue, you're going to stay quiet. So nobody really knows for sure what's going on in China. Russia claims they're doing just fine, too. I don't believe them. You know how you know if Vladimir Putin is lying? His lips are moving. So everyone wants to make it seem like the United States is a complete basket case, but in China, they're moving along like a Swiss clock. And the European Union is doing just fine. Well, I remember reading those reports of what was going on in Italy at the very beginning. I remember hearing about what life was like in Spain and what life was like in France and other countries that were having a very difficult time in Europe. It wasn't all strawberries and cream. Let's put it that way. So now they're banning Americans from traveling over there this summer. And Americans are now very limited in terms of what they can do for their vacations. The jobless numbers are still horrible in the United States. And as I look at these numbers... I look at the the number of deaths declining, the number of people on ventilators declining, and you look at the damage that's done to the economy. And you look at the overreaction, not just the federal government took, but the overreaction from the various states, the various counties, the various cities. And I say to myself, now that we've gotten deaths under control, and we've gotten people being put on ventilators under control we need to take care of the American economy. We need to take care of all of these business owners who have been kicked in the crotch repeatedly by the American government. Those are the people that deserve our sympathy right now. Those are the people that need to get back on track. And you listen to these politicians in Washington and they say, we need another bailout. We need to spend more money. We need guaranteed income. No, you don't really need those things. What you need to do is you need to take your foot off their throat. And if you take your foot off their throat and you allow these businesses that were largely successful before all of this business started, and you allow them to go back and operate and sell the goods and services to their customers who are happy with these goods and services, then they'll be back on track and they'll be just fine. But no, Washington thinks that they have to write a check if they're going to sufficiently respond to a crisis that they didn't create. They didn't create the virus. They didn't create the pandemic. But they did create the chaos that resulted from the overreaction to all of that. Dr. Kelly Victory is a trauma surgeon. She's an expert on mass casualties. She's the former chief medical officer for Walgreens, Harris. And Continental Airlines, she's going to be here to weigh in on all of this madness. It's John Phillips in for Armstrong and Getty. Much more coming
1: up.